Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Even at like seven, I was very cheap, and I'm like, I'm going to have this, this shirt for a long time. I can't even comprehend this question. I wouldn't want land. I wouldn't want animals. I don't want any of that. I don't want scenery. I don't want space. No, it didn't look like... I don't like, want open spaces at all. It didn't look like there was a... within miles of that place. I'm out. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. We're back on a Wednesday. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Justin Watkins, ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider coming up. 15 minutes on a bunch of issues, and we'll get into a little hockey and VGK as uh, George McPhee popped up on a rando podcast uh, earlier in the week. So we'll get some clips out of that. Lots of baseball today. Yes, baseball. There were some big happenings last night. Day baseball to get into. Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. So we keep seeing games. Well, shorthanded, but then today was a postponement. Uh, shorthanded, we've seen two teams consistently with COVID issues. Like, this is such a flashback to months and months and months ago, years ago. Guardians-White Sox postponed. Guardians have issues. They've had issues all season. Phillies, going back to last year and still this year, have had issues with player absences. It is bizarre, isn't it? With teams that don't seem to take it seriously, that didn't have out. Well, give me a correlation. So the Phillies, for sure, one of the teams last year that was not vaccinated, right? I'm not saying the whole team, but they had right. lower vaccination numbers. And I'm pretty sure the entire year, that whole rule with going on the road, uh, the entire team got punished because led by Aaron Nola, uh, there were a bunch of guys who weren't vaccinated. So I thought this was all over. What does it matter if you're vaccinated or not? Why do these two teams keep having outbreaks and guys having to go on the shelf for, you know, seven to ten days? And by the way, if I'm correct, just like every other sport, Major League Baseball isn't testing anymore. So Only when you're sick. So you have to be sick, and you have to admit you're sick. Yeah. You Like, I would think you either admit it or you're obviously sick. So these aren't just, hey, they're getting the sniffles. Test me. These are guys who are legitimately sick, which probably means they're unvaccinated. Yeah, most likely. And, and you know, there it's a whole... And I'm sure there are people driving off the road going, we're doing this again? I, I don't know. Why are we still doing this? Yeah, because... Why why do we have games being postponed and teams that have a slew of players over the last three weeks that have missed games? Yeah, it shouldn't. I mean, people should just be vaccinated. We should move on. Uh, but it's not the case with everybody. And so we're going to have these cases and it's going to continue to happen. And you know, it, people don't want to talk about it anymore. It's fine. I know people I get all mad the, about I, it. I, I see it. I don't understand the fatigue, but I see the fatigue, but here's another example where like guys are missing games. Yeah. I mean, we just saw Steve Carr, who I, I think is careful. I think is fully vaccinated. Yeah. But he's, you know, he had to miss a game. Sure. Mike Brown stepped in, did a good job. Well, let's say the, the Warriors <laughs> did a good job. I just think it's, it's fascinating to follow that this is still an issue for, Certain organizations. Uh, the Angels are rolling along. I have no idea if the Angels have had any COVID issues, but um, it seems like they've had the full complement of players, and they've been playing so well that even you know guys, I think, under normal Angel circumstances, Adam, um, which means they suck, they're below 500, a guy like Joe Adele, 
you know, who plays for the Salt Lake Bees. And by the way, the Bees are in town to take on the Aviators. Sure. Like he would have been given a lot of time, but they're the Angels are just too good. And they're out to this great start. You know, JVT, John Von Tobel, one of the company members, is a big Angels fan. We talked about them yesterday. And Otani had a big day a couple days ago with a couple of home runs and a grand slam. And then uh, Reed Detmers goes out yesterday. And I do you usually uh, you'll tap into a no hitter if you see it on social media, right? Yeah, but I was so frustrated with this one. I was frustrated with this one. Uh, well, two things. First of all, I was, and I only say this because it's it's what level I'm at right now. I was actually working on uh, Raiders schedule capsules. Of course, yeah. So I was doing uh, breakdowns of every team that they're playing. Uh, so I that's what I was doing uh, okay. during this. And I looked up and I saw that you know I saw on Twitter, oh no hitter going, and I was so mad that I didn't tune in yeah. because it's the rare case of I had the under in the game. You bet the game. I bet the under. Oh no! Well, I got a I mean, no we hitter. Have, we have to. The, this situation, this could have been. So Detmers goes out. He pitches a complete game. There was another no-no this year. It was Mets with like 12 pitchers combined for a no-hitter, which is amazing because the Mets, uh, you know, up until whatever it was, the Johan Santana game, I think that this is only their second, right? Or was it their third? They they had the first, you know, 50, like, four years of their organization's uh, existence where they didn't have a no-hitter. I think last night was number 12 overall for the Angels. But that was the weird scenario that rolls out. The Rays are getting their ass kicked. And they just start. They decide, you know, we're not using any more of our pitchers. So they use Brett Phillips, who may be the worst in terms of velocity <laughs> uh, position player who's ever pitched. And then he goes out there. He's getting rocked all over the place. You know, Trout rips one off him. And then Anthony Rendon is like, I can't do this. I'm going to hit lefty just to take it easy on him. And then he hits home run. Hits it out. And, the, and the whole time, I'm sure on the bench are like – Okay, we're like, we're having fun. I wonder what Devin was thinking. Like, I just want to get out there and pitch. I had a good rhythm right. to finish the game. So you had the under. I had the under in a game where a pitcher threw a no-hitter, and I lost. So I bet this game. I think I even said it on the show. I believe the Rays are better than the Angels. I like the pitching matchup. Corey Kluber was awful. That is the second time I was on the losing side of a no-hitter because I also bet the Phillies against the Mets in that game where the Mets did combine with five or six guys to throw a no-hitter. I'm going to predict it now. I am going to go 0 and 13 on no hitters this year. You're gonna every they're gonna have, throw 13 no hitters, and you're gonna have the other side in every game. Okay, you got you got the joke in there. Sure. Because with the mushy balls, there could be 13 no hitters this year. No, they're gonna change them. It's not like I would I would not make any season long propositions based on what's going on now. They're going to change the ball. And I love Manfred just really lying through his teeth in subtle fashion, where he's like, "Yeah, it's something we can fix for next year. You can fix it for next week." Yeah, they will. And they are going to. Of course they are. Because the complaints are rampant, and it looks stupid. Now, Detmer's through. I don't. I, I didn't watch the whole game. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good no- – well, I guess if you don't strike anyone out and everything is a batted ball, I guess that would lend to the uh, the, the conspiracy theory that the balls are super soft. Yeah. Because everything was put in play, and no one could get a hit. It's it's It was, it was crazy. I mean, listen, I didn't watch very much of it, like I said, uh, but – yeah, I mean, I, I was just kind of monitoring it as I was working on my computer, and I was just so frustrated and angry about it. Like, it sucked. We both sucks. lost. We both lost. We both lost. Perfect. You, you lost on junk baseball, and I lost just because I'm a terrible <laughs> handicapper, and sure. I keep pitching against guys who uh, catch fire in a game and, and throw a no-hitter. Uh, news with the Knights and the lottery. So this was an El Zippo, huh? They're going to pick 48th in the draft. That's their first pick. 
Yeah, they were only going to keep their pick if they moved up. It was lottery protected. And I think at the time it was kind of a joke, like, yeah, right, like they're going to be in the lottery. <laughs> well, they are. Uh, but they did not move up. They did not get any uh, benefit from the lottery. Uh, as Gritty pointed out, the lottery was fixed. Uh, oh, Gritty was complaining that yeah, the Flyers mascot? Yeah, because they dropped the spot uh, based on the lottery. They, they dropped one place, and he said it's fixed. And, uh, yeah, he tweeted that out. Uh, but no, the the Knights were only going to keep their pick if they moved up. They did not move up, so they will send their pick to Buffalo, which I, I'm sure on some level is fine because they were going to have to send a pick either this year or next year. Might as well just send the pick now, get it over with. Although next year's pick you would expect would be worse, so it would have been probably better to send that one, but I think that you just get get that over with and move on. So Adam just mentioned he's got his NFL schedule capsules for the Raiders. That he's working on. Tomorrow's a big day, but each day this week, they've given us a little morsel. Here's a little taste. What was the taste today? Was it uh, Cowboys in Green Bay? McCarthy against Green Bay, week 10 in an afternoon game. That's what gets slipped out today. The McCarthy return. Is that really a thing? I mean, week 10 could be interesting if the Cowboys are you know struggling at like four and six. I just mean, is and, it really? And, are there people like in Green Bay, like he's coming back? Let's get like it's, he had a good he had a good run. He was okay, you know. I don't think there's anyone in Green Bay who's like, man, we miss him. No, but there's also nobody in Green Bay that's like Matt. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that, I don't think I don't think this matchup has the juice that the league might think it does. Well, you know, they're trying to put together like the NCAA tournament does, right? But it, I think the NFL is, is willing to admit, like, yeah, th- there's a storyline here. But we already knew, like, we already know the Matt again. For somebody yesterday, that was like r- accusing something of being fixed because we already know the matchups. We've known the matchups for like three years. Right. Like we know, except for one, you know, two matchups are set based on standings and then one extra game was added. So there's two new games. But we, you, you know the matchups years in advance. We knew this was going to happen. It's just, it, this is when it's going to happen. Like, okay, that, that's fine. Thanks, League. We, we can look forward to McCarthy and Green Bay. Well, Go the whole thing there. comes out tomorrow. We'll find out specifically what's going on with the Raiders. We'll have a lot more on the Raiders and some predictions and how many primetime games they'll have. And there's a, you know, a pretty healthy discussion going on on uh, Twitter and Raiders blogosphere about what the first game is going to be. But on the way back, a little more on the Knights, the uh, the story of Jack Eichel. And uh, yeah, he was good, but not unbelievable. Maybe the reason why he wasn't unbelievable. And uh, some pieces of that podcast that somehow grabbed George McPhee for a discussion. And McPhee talked about the future and at least laid out how they examine what happened this last year. That's on the way. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. Ground ball, Velasquez throws across. He got it! Reed Denver's throws a no-hitter! It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. That was pretty cool. Reed Detmers, rookie for the Angels, who's frankly has been blistered most of the season, throws a no-hitter. Angels TV on the call there. Your guy, Patrick O'Neill, along with uh, Mark Gubaza. Justin Watkins is here. What's going on? Having a hard time making it on time to my own studio. You're on time. The audience knows you're on time. (laughs) So what if it's 30 seconds before we go on air? These things happen. Coming in hot. Believe me. <laughs> Compared to the rest of the staff, you're about normal. All oh, right. Yeah, well, let you behind the curtain there. It, 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 it took 10 years, but I finally became one of the staff. It's good. 
I, I just I got it at 257 I think yesterday and beats or Monday and beats deep. That's like that's how we roll. That's great. <laughs> so All right. Well, worry. I feel at home then. Don't worry. Yeah. You actually beat me once on Monday. Okay. Yeah. May have been running late. Every <laughs> once good. in a while, uh, I won't get into it. You know, Thing, you know, if nature calls. I mean, I usually have like I have a very defined clock leading up to the show, and then that was one of those days where I was like, oh, I better go. I better go. See too much information. Unscheduled stop. That that so. you know that's that's the other thing. I'm usually uh, I have a schedule with that too. Um, let's talk about the nights coming out here because we get the news yesterday, Adam, that uh, Jack Eichel was not exactly 100 when he came to the nights. Yeah. Well, well, we knew that already with the with the neck. Well, he, but, yeah. but afterwards, yeah, not when he came. When he when he got here, he got hurt. Uh, took a sounds like he took a puck to the thumb. It's never fun. No. Sounds like it hurts. Uh, when I God, when I see guys block shots, I, I I was watching the game last night. I don't even know what game it was, and there was a puck that took a deflection and hit a guy like right underneath the the neck, and I was just like, I I'd, I'd quit. What do you think <laughs> hurts? What do you think hurts worse, a puck to the thumb or if your face is broken already, like Joel Embiid, and you're wearing this stupid mask? And someone bounces the ball off your face. Did you see that last night? Yeah, he had the he had the ball up high, I think, on a rebound, and the defender came in and smashed it right against his face. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> Not with got intent, an, though. You, he was, oh, he was no, going all for the ball, hey, and, hey. and Beep was all pissed off, which I thought was uncalled for. I mean, it's basketball. The ball. Yeah, he hit the ball. You're, you're you are going to get hit in the face at yeah. some point by the ball or a hand. Yeah, As, you know. Sorry about the mask, but that you know that that ain't doing anything. I think the puck hurts worse. Well, uh, my guess is it's super painful. I mean, what are we talking, you know, over 100 miles an hour firing at your freaking thumb? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like anything in your – if you have, like, a nose broken and, like, a ball hits you, it, it just – it's so painful. But I have been in enough hockey locker rooms at this point where I see their legs after games. It's horrifying. It's absolutely okay. horrifying. Yeah, we act like blocking shots is just the norm. It's not a big deal. It's, it's gross. Well, which is which is what's I think one of the major differences between regular season hockey, playoff hockey, right? Regular season hockey, they'll they'll block it if they have to, but <laughs> they're also not going out of their way to you know sort of put their body in the way. The same way with the same enthusiasm that they are in the playoffs, but I mean that's where you you see somebody you know like Martinez who's just a pro at it, just an art. It's art form. You know he doesn't get hurt doing it i mean the thing that no he gets out, hurt not not <laughs> he, he gets yeah, hurt yeah. not injured <laughs> yeah he doesn't get injured <laughs> yeah. doing it you know which is pretty amazing so yeah eichel you know i think we all saw that game he went out uh he went down the tunnel right after he got hit held his hand and everybody's like oh broken hand like yeah. we've seen three broken hands this year that's exactly what it looked like broken hand and they were saying well and, and i think to the boar's comments after the game were well he didn't come back in so it's not good yeah yeah and then he actually came back in the very next game. Yeah. And, I mean, after his comments, we're like, okay, well, he's probably shut down. Yep. There's another guy that's not going to play, and he played. And then still got called, you know, every name in the book from fans who don't want him around. Then that's fine. It happens. I haven't. I haven't. I didn't see that. I haven't seen that. Like an I haven't seen Eichel that. sentiment? Yeah. Not at the- no, it's, it's not Eichel in particular. It's he's a representation of the new era. That's That's a lot of what I get on Twitter from people. Of, oh, uh, you bring in guys like this, guys that don't know how to win. Like, okay, well, the guys that were on the Golden Knights the first year didn't know how to win either until they got here and came together and they somehow won. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I was in almost every game on down the stretch uh, in attendance. I, I didn't pick up on any sort of anti-Eichel anything. Lots of Eichel jerseys. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously down the stretch it was – a whole heck of a lot about the goalies. Sure. So George McPhee uh, revealed the Eichel injury on a podcast, some rando podcast <laughs> in Canada. Actually, I think the guy's pretty big, Bob McCown. Um, 
has been doing radio for a while, but he was also talking about, you hear the lead in with the co-host. He was also talking about why the season fell a little bit short. I mean, playoffs, of course, run for the cup. Yeah, let, let, let's do it. But uh, none of that happened. Not only were the Golden Knights going to be a good hockey team, they would possibly even probably contend for the Stanley Cup. It may have been our best team. We'll never know now, but uh, this one's pretty easy for me. And I've never used this before, but it, you know, the injuries and it just, mm-hmm. just, they're not an excuse. It, it was a fact this year. It was just a fact. It seemed to wreck everything we tried to do. That may have been their best team. Really? I'm, I agree. I've said that. I said that all year. Better than the combo of Flurry and Leonard in net. We never saw it. I mean, you would never. You wouldn't be able to tell. How would you know if it is or not? It's, we never saw it. I don't know. I mean, I think we we saw them against inferior enough competition with mostly healthy lineup. For me to say, I I don't think so. This team, even when they had short spurts of health, were super inconsistent. They played down to competition. That's also part of it. I mean, it's it's not you don't develop chemistry in two games, right? If you're if they're if you're together for two games or one game, like first of all, I would I would almost say it's not even in dispute if you take the entire team. If the entire team was together, you couldn't have had the entire team together because right. they would have been over the cap. But the players that they have on this roster, if they all were healthy for a game and were able to play together, is it even in dispute? Of course, I think it's, it's a the best view. No, I think it's. A, I think I think there's a dispute there for sure. There's like a third line center of Jack Eichel potentially. Like that's crazy. No. The third line center would be Stevenson. Stevenson, or actually, Stevenson actually, actually, is your best center. I, I actually think Carlson would be your third line center on sure. a shutdown line with like Wah, and right, I think that's right. when they would have broke up the mix. It's also crazy. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I love Carlson. I, he's the first jersey I bought, but I mean the the twenty three percent shooting percentage for. Yeah. has it was unsustainable unsustainable and each year it's just dropped and dropped and dropped i think this year he finished under five percent he couldn't it's, score and his defense his def- but again what we're saying is william carlson who was unquestionably the top line center year one yep. would have been the third line center on this but team my point is he's not the same player sure. he's not that player so sure. um he is you know, defensively i don't know i don't know defensively we were atrocious this year yeah. Even when the even when the back end was healthy, even when we had the the two way centers in in well, they the game, never were. Uh, did they ever have their top six defensemen on the on the ice at the same time once? Yeah, the, at the back end. Well, I'll, you you could argue Hague, but Hague and Hutton. I'm, I'm not going to say there's a big drop sure. off there. So okay, we got five of the top six, six of the top six, depending on whether or not Hutton would beat out Hague for the back twelve games. When they played their worst, but that also was Alec Martinez was not Alec Martinez. I mean, Alec Martinez was was hesitant and he was until like the last three games. It's it's almost it's very possible to expect that you're going to have everybody 100 percent healthy the whole season. Of course, right? But which is kind of what they got year one, which is kind of what, yeah. kind of what happened. Well, like it was no, crazy. They had flurry out for six weeks. Sure. Okay. In the, in the middle, they, they were down to their fifth goalie. Right. So they but, didn't have health their first year. That's for the, that's for the first half of the year, and then for the playoff run, they had pretty much everyone that could be eligible was eligible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which but, is why, but, which is why they had the success that they had. Part of the reason. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But, but I, I just when you have it, one of the oldest lineups in the league, which they do, the, to expect that oldest lineup in the league to be the healthiest lineup in the league, oh, which course. is what would you need to be the best team that we ever had. I, I just I don't think it was a realistic expectation for them to perform at the best level that we've had. I don't like they were leaky defensively. They they were going to have injuries. They're all older now. They you know then we have a whole bunch of 
players that are past their prime. You can't expect them to perform at prime levels. When you look at those no, players, you none think of that, prime. No, yeah, none of that I'm disagreeing with. I'm right. just saying um, paper is not a real thing. Yeah. I'm saying on paper is what George McPhee is saying, and he's well, right. I don't think I don't think he's right. I think it's on paper assuming you get to put everybody in their prime, and that's just not what's happening. That's not realistic. You can't do that. I think I actually think the best team that we had was year two. I, I think that that team, you know, was in the best position – with most of their players playing at their top of their game that we've, that we've had. Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, uh, talking a little hockey. Let's get into some of the uh, legal stories in sports and otherwise. Man, Brett Favre is still in the crosshairs in Mississippi. This almost sounds like it's two cases there. They're asking for $228,000 in interest on uh, $1.1 million from the past. And, you know, we'd, we'd heard about him owing money. And now uh, Mississippi Department of Human Services – uh, Sues, Brett Favre, and three former pro wrestlers. Um, Brett DiBiase. I mean, Brett DiBiase's dad is Ted DiBiase. No, he's in the suit, too. Oh, Ted is in there, yeah. too? Oh, yeah. They're all million dollar man? Yeah, million dollar man. And they're ripping off $20 million? What the hell's going on here? Is no, that no, nickname no, no, not no, no, accurate? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Not, not all on him, right? So the, there's $20 million that are spread amongst all the different defendants, mm. and there's different claims against each. Okay. Um, so... Ted DiBiase runs a charity, and they were given money from the state in order to promote certain parts of their program, um, marketing and otherwise, parts of their program that help people on welfare and people in need. And what they're saying is, you misappropriated that money. You used it for like private jets and vacations. You Wasn't there a drug rehab? There's a drug rehab in, in there. Malibu that yeah. they spent the money yeah. on. Allegedly. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, who who knows? Who knows who they spent that on? Whether or not that that was a legitimate mission of theirs. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's you know one of their employees that they pen, paid for that or one of the people who were seeking help. So if it was somebody seeking help, was that authorized under the spending? I don't. I don't actually don't know that answer. I'll just say this, that the claims against Brett Favre, I think, differ just slightly in which they're not saying that he received money and then was charged with how to spend the money. That's what, what happened with Ted DiBiase. What they're saying is, as a part of a recipient of these funds, he was supposed to appear and make speeches. So the funds were being spent by somebody else to him, and he was supposed to appear for speeches that they're saying he never appeared for, but kept the money. He then says, I gave, it's kind of weird. He says, that's totally untrue. And I gave the money back. So, you got it. I, I, yeah. So I don't understand what part <laughs> he's saying is untrue, but here's the tricky part. When you defraud the government, stuff like interest, attorney's fees, punitive damages, all that comes into the fold. So the fact that you gave it back doesn't change that you accepted money that you weren't rightfully entitled to if, in fact, he did not appear or give the speeches. Do we know if Virgil got any money? That's really what I'm concerned about. Do you understand about. this joke? Do you want to explain it to the audience, Adam? Because it's, it's exactly what I thought of. Well, Vir Virgil was the manager of Ted DiBiase. He's kind of the sidekick yeah. and, and ruffian. He was like the protector. But he also has really fallen on hard times. Yeah. And he shows up at like card conventions that he's not invited to. And then, like, takes pictures with people and yeah. then charges them. He just sets up his own nice. table outside yeah. the uh, wrestler convention. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and, I knew I knew we were both thinking. We're like, uh, can you throw Virgil a little bit of money, DiBiase family? Virgil, and Virgil, Virgil does things like a kid will be walking by and he'll be like, "Hey, kid, don't you want your photo?" And the kid will be like, "Yeah, okay." And he'll take a photo with the kid and then go to the parents and be like, "Hey, the kid wanted a photo. It's hundred bucks." 
<laughs> well, so that, Vir- that's Virgil Virgil's be, move. Virgil could be in the suit soon. Virgil should get money. Yeah, of course. Caveat emptor. Buy everywhere. <laughs> yes. Come on, you got to be careful out there. All right, coming up next, we got to get into uh, Adam's wheelhouse here. He's down in Phoenix. We got scale gate. There was a problem with the scales, and uh, for weigh-ins, we think um, there's a lot of chatter around it for this event down in Phoenix. And I, I think one of the the champion fighters got royally screwed, and and it's going to cost him in the future. I wonder if he has any recourse. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. This is crazy. I've never been to an F1 race. This is this is spectacular. It's amazing to be alive right in the middle of the competitors just before the race starts. Yeah, now you can see they locked in. It reminds me of myself. Okay, it's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But what is your name, sir? Paolo Bancaro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Whatever. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. That was a weird exchange. That was at F1 in Miami. And you've got this little reporter who I guess was told or thought that Paolo Bancaro was Patrick Mahomes and started talking to him as Patrick Mahomes. And then he realized, you know, as, as he said, the guy ignored me at first. He said he's Paolo Bancaro. And then I love the end where he's just like, whatever. Well, I, I will I have, I will say I have no idea. I don't know anything about F1 of us we've talked yeah. about. No, I don't watch the show like everybody else apparently does. Uh, all these people are making fun of this thing. Yeah. And then I was told by some people that I know from England that are like, no, 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 that's just what he does. He goes up, he thinks it's somebody wrong. Uh, like he just on the, purpose. No, no, no. The whole thing often? is he just doesn't know who people are. Oh, okay. And he'll start like interviewing, like some he does obviously, and right. he'll recognize them and interview them. But it's like a common thing of him just trying to guess who somebody is. And I have no idea if that's true or not. That's just what a couple it's people from England funny told moment. me. Not the biggest deal. Yeah, they're like, and, and then and that's why at the end he's like, whatever. Like. You should be embarrassed. Like, you are bad at they're, your job. They're American athletes. So why, how, I mean, how would they? So what? It's the number one pick in the NBA draft. Why would he know Paolo Bancaro at 6'10 <laughs> right. versus 6'3 Patrick Mahomes? Patrick, 6'10 Patrick Mahomes would look very odd in the pocket. I mean, would you have any chance going to a race anywhere in the world and spotting international no, athletes? No, not at all. But I wouldn't be hired for that job. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll back him up. Thing. The sidelines are tough. Hey. The sidelines are tough. <laughs> it made the news. You know? It's nice. true. I watched it. I was like, it made, well, it made Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's, the that's where I watched it. That's all, right, all the F one news I've watched my entire life. Oh, you got work oh, in that clip. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be right. a quick learner on this yep. one because we're getting into it. Believe <laughs> me, we're right. fired Let's up. Do it. We got F one coming up here in a couple minutes. But first, Adam was at UFC two seventy four. The champion Charles Oliveira doesn't make weight. Uh, there were some controversies with the scale or scales. Now, in the end, he got stripped of the ability to defend his title, which may change his contract. Moving forward, so explain the the front end of it with the scale issue, and if he is screwed because your contract can change when you're not the champ. So he missed weight. Um, he went and tried. He got an hour. He still couldn't make it. Uh, his team was insistent. They're like, in fact, I I talked to somebody from his team after the fight that said he missed by half. He went. He urinated and sweated. Usually, if you're like if you're completely drained, you won't be able to sweat. You have no fluid at all. Um, he did, and he's like, oh, now I'll be all right. And he came back, still didn't make it. Um, the controversy. So, first of all, it's the sixth time he's missed weight in the UFC. First time at lightweight, but the sixth time he's missed weight. That's one of the reasons why they put such a stiff penalty in. The other reason I believe that they did it is because he does have extra money as being champion. 
he gets points on the pay-per-view. And so now that he goes into his next fight, not as the champion, he will not get pay-per-view points on that fight. So the UFC will save a lot of money from not having to pay him those points. So stripping him and he still essentially is the champion. It's like the best of both worlds for the UFC, which already is a problem. I think based on how the contracts are played out and how they have sole authority of this. Now, a couple of fighters said the scale in the hotel was different than the official scale that the Arizona commission was using. The scale in the hotel is just a courtesy. Hey, fighters, here's a scale. See if you're on weight. And then you go to the actual weigh and scale and see how it is. To me, and, and Dana White said after the fight, they're going to start having security on the scale of the hotel. Who knows what that means, if that's an admission of anything. The biggest issue to me, Justin, and get your take on this, is that the Arizona Commission has a bylaw that weigh-ins have to take place within 24 hours of the event. They didn't in this case. They took place in the morning. That's how the UFC prefers it. So basically, my opinion, this is just my opinion, is the UFC goes into some of these states, they bully the commissions, Florida, and they say, we're going to run things how we want to run them. Be damned with your rules and regulations. And the and the commissions are like, yes, we want the UFC here. This is great. They just allow this to happen. They get run over. And then the UFC gets what they want. And the commissions kind of lose all their power. We saw it happen in New York. Saw it happen in Florida. Saw it happen in Arizona. Uh, it's There's a lot to this. I, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, in, in regards to the legality of it all. So... These aren't statutes, okay? I, I see people on Twitter talking about statutes and regulations. There's two, there's really big differences between the two, right? Statutes are laws that are created by your legislature, and they are not, unless there's language otherwise, they are not forgiving in regards to the punishment that's indicated or um, any, any sort of penalties attached to that statute. Regulations are created by a government body that's created through statute. So they create, in this case, I guess in Arizona, it's their gaming regulators yeah. who, who are the, the authority here. They empower the gaming regulators to say, you can create regulations as it pertains to MMA, and you can then enforce them as well. So they're not only the creator of the regulations, but they enforce them. Now, statute can always overrule any regulation. They can create a statute specifically that talks about these weights and all that stuff. But they were regulations created by the body. And in an instance in which the, the body is going to accept the terms of an event and there's going to be um, special circumstances around a regulation, they can, they can vote to do that. Now, do I think that they probably did all those protocols perfectly in this situation? Very doubtful. No. Right. But I think if if the fighter were to come back and say, you guys violated law and, and, and regulation, and if you hadn't, I would have made weight and I wouldn't have lost out on this money. I think any court would say, OK, did you bring that issue up? Right. Did you try to um, use the protections of the statute or when they told you you only had one hour to make it and that you had to do it? 28 hours before you said okay right and and once you said okay they're just gonna they're gonna roll you on that and say that that's why your fight your fighters and your team they have to know the local rules now i lost i dropped a lot of weight in my wrestling career <laughs> and i don't know anything about anything uh in, in this underlying situation other than obviously you got to give yourself some cushion when you're weighing in on a scale that's not the official scale Whenever you get a chance to weigh in on the official scale, which most places do let you hop on to see where you're at, 
then that's what that's what you hold. But if I was on the official scale and I was only over by a half a pound, even in my very worst situations, and, and I cut a lot of weight. Now they've changed a lot of rules now that you can't do what I did. But if I was only a half pound over, 15 minutes. Like there's it does not take an hour to lose a half pound. And so I agree there must be that there might be something going on there if in fact he urinated and sweat. Like urination by itself is usually enough. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of why they said because the question was asked, you do have a lot of hair. Why don't you shave your yep, head? Right. And they and he kind of spoke around that. But when I talked to his team, they said because we didn't have like we literally went and, and and urinated and sweat. Like there's no reason to think we weren't going to make it the second time, right. especially the first time. Yep. And th- so there was no reason to do that. Yeah. Well, there was. You missed in it. In the end, there and was. You, you would have made it. <laughs> in probably, the end, there was. Probably. You know, like you got to give yourself like that's just bad planning. You got to give yourself that opportunity too, right? You you don't when you're running or exercising to lose weight, you don't run right in from the gym and hop up on the scale. You got to give yourself time to dry off. You got to get all that sweat off you. You got to change your clothes to make sure you don't have any residual sweat, right? I don't know if he's like spitting at the same time. That's what, you know, a lot of people do with candy and all that other stuff to get all those fluids out of you. And you got to give yourself a couple minutes that if you have to shave your head, you shave your head. I did it. Yeah. You know, and that we're talking about high school wrestling. I did that. It's not a championship the, fight. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure the UFC contracts are ironclad. They're not going to be able to fight against this. But the organization making the decision to take a belt away, which then allows the organization to keep more of your money, seems completely unfair on its surface. But I'm sure the contract is very, very much in their favor that they're allowed to do this. Yeah, I mean, the only way he would get around that is to say that the term is unconscionable. And then you're going to go into the relationship between these parties and be like six times. Like, we had to do something. We can't. It's so difficult for him to miss weight and what it does to the card. We can't do this. And that, to me, as a finder of fact, would be like, okay, what are they supposed to do? They have to put in some penalty. They have to recoup something. And so, I, you know, I think that the contract's fine. I think the contract term's fine. Don't miss weight. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number for Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Quick time out here. Can you stay around for five more minutes? I want to get to this important story with F1 and the LVCVA rubber stamping about $20 million to be invested into the event and possible future events. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. Field and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, I'd like to see some research done on that whole thing last night with the Angels. So Reed Detmers throws a no-hitter while he's waiting to come out in the ninth. The Rays throw out Brett Phillips, a position player. He's just throwing pus. Uh, Mike Trout gets up, hits a home run, and then Anthony Rendon's like, eh, you know, I'm going to hit lefty. And then he throws a meatball up there, and Rendon's lefty swing is just like perfect swing, jacks it. While they're waiting to finish the no-hitter. It right. was crazy. Yep. You were just talking during a break about college baseball, and you went to Oregon State. So you're planning a trip to where? you want If they make the College World Series, 
Yeah, going to Omaha. Omaha. Yeah, yeah. I was there when they won the the national championship in two thousand and seven. I I went and it was it was a blast. It was that was old uh, Rosenblatt, so that was. That what do you think regret. of Omaha as a hangout spot? I thought it was great. Oh boy, during the college during World the College World yeah. Series, it's unreal. Have you been there? No, I, I was going to go. Uh, you know, we talked about when my cousin was there. I was going to go. I did not make it. Um, I went for an NCAA basketball regional. Eh. No. Well, when the weather's good and they got all the brew pubs going and it's Father's Day weekend every year for Maybe I didn't get to see enough of it. I could give it another chance. I did check out the casinos right down the road. Is it Council Bluffs? Oh, and you said, have you been? I've I've been to Omaha. I've not been there in College World Series. Oh, Omaha. Yeah. What'd you go there for? I was there for, I was driving across country and was, you know, stopped in a bunch of places and hung out for a couple days and made my way across the the land. Yes or no? (laughs) Thumbs up, thumbs down. (laughs) Come on. It's a Midwestern thumbs down. Nothing? Oklahoma City's cool. Okay. And you're going to Kansas City coming up. I am for like 36 hours. Okay. All right. I'm not going to the Midwest. I mean, I get yeah. they're every once in a while, I'm not going. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with but, you. But, I, I but during you the, the summer. I bet you the College World Series is awesome. It's super rad. Uh, I've gone to a lot of sporting events in my life, and it's it's top 10 for sure. So, you know, we have friends in Kansas City, and uh, one of them was is super fired up about F1. And he was debating, hey, Super Bowl for Vegas or F1? In Vegas, he's he's coming for F one if he can afford it because mm-hmm. it's going to be a pricey event. So the LBCBA just voted through about twenty million dollars in expenditures, about six and a half million dollars a year. What do you think of that? And you know, it just got me thinking: um, Are they standalone? Does, does anyone oversee them to go? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't like that that money. Well, they're held accountable to the voters because there's a whole bunch of elected officials who sit on the board. The mayor's on the board. The mayor pro tem of North Las Vegas is on the board. Councilwoman Fiore to county commissioners and Gibson and NAFT. Um, there are appointed seats from the governor, which which are go to resorts people typically. Uh, Jan Jones Blackhurst on there. Um, somebody from Wynn. Um, somebody from um, MGM. Uh, so there there. It's a wide swath, but a whole heck of a lot of those people do are held accountable to the voters. Right. So if you don't like what they're doing, but here's the thing about that. That's going to be an endless debate. The Las Vegas Convention Center and Visitors Authority is unique in most cities in that we require, you know, we are built on tourism. We have said we are going to make that a government function to promote tourism. And we created this. For the purposes of promoting government, I mean, I'm sorry, for promoting tourism, which will primarily benefit private businesses, although will bring in tax dollars as well. Obviously, live entertainment tax, all the taxes that they spend on sales and tax provides employment for people. Sure. In the community. So, so their job is to go out there and get conventions and obviously to create anything that they can that will bring visitorship. And we give them through state funding and local funding. A budget to do that so every time i see a story in which they say las vegas convention center is spending this much money and it's taxpayer money it's all taxpayer money they're funded by our taxes right uh, now oh now it would be an interesting study to say what amount of events are they able to secure and whether our taxes are a net plus or a net negative just this instant it's clearly a net plus i mean they got F1 to buy a parcel of land for $240 million as part of this deal. Do we know what the parcel is? I was trying to kind of guess at what it was. Because they're, what they're doing is they're, they bought a parcel of land so they can build a 
permanent, mm-hmm. you know, part of the race course, which will be the pit. Yeah. So I would have to think because the race goes uh, up the strip from Harmon, then loops around, you know, Spring Mountain down behind the sphere, back up Koval. I would think it'd have to be somewhere on Koval, right? Yeah. That's the way it's east of the strip. So I wonder, but is it on like where the drink used to be and that piece of land? Is it behind Paris? And, you know, I guess it would be a little bit south of Bally's. But right. you're right, $240 million for any of that land there? Yep. Seems like a high price. And improvements, right? It's yes, not like it they're, is. I mean, it's, they're not there's just. There's nothing back there. Yeah, exactly. You're going to now have this thing. And if they're investing $240 million, don't you think it's likely that they're coming back? I mean, that's a heck of a one-time well, shot to you know, take. The, the way 8 News Now put it, you're right. They're, they're, if they're building something permanent, they're coming back. The way 8 News Now put it, and maybe they was mis, you know, they miswrote it, but it said for 20. 23, 24, 25. Yeah, I thought they said they had three so years. Six and a half a year. So Yeah, but Does I don't mean think they're that committed that, or it's, hey, the first one better go well. And then I, yeah. I, I didn't read it as, well, it's not a legal document, obviously, right. but I didn't read it as commitment. I read it as that's the payments we have to make over the course of three years for sponsorship. Mm. It did not say sponsorship for the Las Vegas race. Uh, I mean, I think that's assumed right. to the reader, sure. but it was not clear to me okay. one way or the other. But I mean, I'll be the first to say when I heard F1 was coming here, I was like, oh, that's cool. I had no idea yeah, yeah, how crazy, crazy yeah. the world goes for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, these people that I had no idea that have moved away or that I know in other states are like, dude, you guys got F1. I'm going to try to come. And I'm like, yep. really? I know. Okay. You can have my house as I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, a lot, of, it, a lot of it's based on the, you know, the growth um, of knowledge in the U.S. because of the TV show, the reality show, which is very very good um the other thing i'm curious about is who who will be responsible for road improvements because clearly that entire area is getting changed and it needs it believe me i mean i know i know i get a little micro focused on the strip and you know this is all part again this goes back to the discussion about the 750 million dollars and no one wants to hear it anymore for the you know for the stadium you know the hotel tax revenue can be used for lots of different things in the corridor there right mm-hmm. and i yeah i joke about it all the time driving through paradise and and koval and spring mountain and all, all that i feel i like you know the car's gonna fall apart because the roads are so bad like that, that i swear <laughs> right how many times have i mentioned i'm like the roads are gonna get better this yeah. is great unless they're gonna i don't know are they gonna make you know is it gonna be a rare f1 race where they're it's... just ripping off axles and destroying 40 million dollar cars no i i read that the, the f1 does their own improvements yeah, i, have, I right. read that but but the funny thing like is they must have I'm, it up to unbelievable specs yeah so exactly. i can't they don't so want if, if i get it. one day on the f part of the f1 <laughs> track with my seven-year-old car where it's well, nice and smooth i'll be like yeah it was it, all worth it it's so funny that you have this this gripe about the the road conditions because year over year we are are ranked near the top if not the top in infrastructure roadways and, and and the bridges and the like i, I get it but, the, but those are the roads i drive i know how bad they are those <laughs> but two they're roads. the best in the nation according to every you know pretty much well, every overall, year for we, overall we might be great but those two roads suck <laughs> koval and paradise there's suck. no reason to approve those roads why yep. are you on those roads that's i'm never on those roads have, that's my secret route yeah. believe me i'm that's the only way i'm gonna get to where i need to go in the future, once they start our, working on the strip and all that whole our area, Thursday show we have to go we have to take those roads. Got to go to Silver Sevens. That's how I get to UNLV. I mean, that's that's one of the roads I, I drive. So I mean, it, he he, you get micro focused on the you know the ingress and egress near the stadium and the oh, entrance God. to fifteen and two fifteen. The entrance to the fifteen there. north from two fifteen is just is just, just a disaster. Just race ahead and just, cut in at the end. Just the disaster. You talk about a cactus. That's every morning no, for no, me. No. The race ahead to get crossed oh, over. Out by the stadium. No, I'm talking about, yeah, yeah we're going to yeah. Right in front of the, yeah, Mandalay Bay. Yeah. Behind it, I guess. Justin, good spot. 
Thank you. Five seven zero nine thousand is a number. Battle more injury lawyers. Yeah, a lot more F one. We're very much into it. Second hour of the show is coming up. Caleb Herring. We'll talk about Tom Brady and all that money. All of us are getting more money now as announcers. We should all be happy for TB twelve.